do thank God for our deacons. Deacon Turner's away uh, this weekend. Pray for him. The Lord will bring him home safe on tomorrow. And thank God for all the deacons. Deacon, I want to consider right now a very, very popular verse among us and saints like us. Just verse 38 for now. We'll go back later, but... Acts chapter 2, verse 38 reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that wonderful? What a promise. What a promise. Uh, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Let's consider verse 8, Ephesians, chapter 4. Everybody needs to have a Bible. That's the word of God. That's the road map to heaven. There's a, a route out west that people used to drive years ago called Route 66. It's still kind of famous. It's not like it used to be because we have all these super highways and all this stuff now. But Route 66, you ride that road out west, there's all kind of things to see and places to eat, things to do. Well, we got a Route 66 too in the church, don't we? There's 66 books in this Bible. <laughs> you better stay on course. If you do, you'll make it into the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Everybody that claims to be a Christian ought to know the books of the Bible. You might not know them backwards, but you ought to know them forward. <laughs> Amen. Genesis to Revelation. You, ought, you don't need, you can, take, you can take your table of contents page and cut it out. That's not the word of God. It's just a help, isn't it? You can cut that out. You don't need it no more. I want you to go to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judge, and Ruth. I could go on, but he said, well, you the pastor, you're supposed to know it. You the child of God, you're supposed to know it too. Amen. Amen. Turn that TV off. Throw that cell phone and computer and stuff away. Stick your head in the book. You'll be better for it. Ephesians chapter 4, let's consider verse 8. Wherefore he saith, God is speaking to us, when he ascended up on high. He led captivity captives and gave gifts unto men. We'll consider a few other verses later on. Common word there in both of those verses was gifts. Gift or gifts. I want to know if you received your gift. Did you receive your gift? Everybody likes to get a gift, don't you? Amen. Birthdays come around, people looking for gifts. Christmas time, some people celebrate it, they're looking for gifts. Anniversaries, people looking for gifts. You want to see even a dry person that can't smile, smile, you give them something. Their face will break out. Huh? Corners of their mouth that are down most of the time so they won't wrinkle their face or turn up. They're glad to get a wrinkle. Because they're getting a gift. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful thing God gave to us? Gifts. 
Here's what you need to understand about the gifts. Gifts are not earned. They're not earned. Someone gives you a gift because of the affection or love they feel for you. Amen. There is something you can receive that is earned, and we usually refer to that as a wage or a reward, pay. Those things are earned, but gifts are not earned. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. The best gifts that we could ever receive come from above. They come from the Lord. He delights in giving gifts. Some people have this perspective, uh, this thinking about God that he's sitting up in heaven somewhere with a lightning bolt in each hand just looking to get you. He could get you if he wanted to get you. You'd have been got by now. But the stark reality is he's a giver. You know how I know he's a giver? Because he is love. The Bible says God is love. And love is not just four letters in the English language. It's not just lip. It's not just hugging. It's an action. You do something. And sometimes, quite frankly, it's unconditional. People didn't even deserve it. But because you love them, you do it for them. Praise the Lord. And if you love them, amen, and you just, you just want to do something nice for them. I bring flowers home to my wife and She's glad to receive them. She says, what are these for? It's just because I love you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And boy, you should see the compliments I get before I get home. One fellow said to me, you're making the rest of us look bad. <laughs> One husband said to me, in the store, you're making the rest of us look bad. Why you got them flowers? Just because I love my wife. You're making the rest of us look bad, he said. And the women, oh, aren't those flowers beautiful? Yeah, I ain't have nothing to do with it, but I bought them. <laughs> I didn't plant them and harvest them, but they are beautiful, praise the Lord. But you do things like that when you love people. You give them. You want That's an expression of your feelings, isn't it? Luke said, Luke wrote the book of Acts also, by the way, he said, God said, fear not, little flock. This is in Luke 12, 32. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you. Do you not know what God has given us so far, which is just a small down payment on what he promises? We didn't deserve it. We didn't merit it. But look at this. It's his good pleasure. He delights in this. His good pleasure to give you the king. How many want the kingdom? <laughs> Do you not know the kingdom of God is within, for those of you that have it? He gave it to us. And that's not all. So the Lord has gifts for you. And he's, he's giving them out. 
He's not a Santa Claus, but he's giving gifts out. Amen. He does good things for us, doesn't he? And those gifts range from the gift of the Holy Ghost, or some people might call it the Holy Spirit, to everything you will need to live a more victorious life in Christ in this world. If you need it, all you have to do is ask for it. Hallelujah. You might not always deserve it. But if you need it, all you got to do is ask for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and the Lord is so happy to give, he'll give it to you. Let the church say amen. We started in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. For Many of us are very familiar with this particular verse of Scripture. It's foundational to true believers, especially Pentecostal apostolic believers. We look to verse 38 of Acts chapter 2 to interpret John's gospel chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, where Jesus teaches about being born again, the new birth. And Jesus says some things very specific there, that a man must be born again of the water and of the spirit, otherwise he can't enter into the kingdom of God. But thank God for the book of Acts, the only book of history in the New Testament that tells us how the disciples of Jesus Christ interpreted what he said, carried it out. Amen. And so Peter, the great apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, preached to people who had gathered around to try to understand what is going on. I hear a noise. They were in Jerusalem at the Feast of Pentecost, and everybody was, you know, as the folks say, doing their thing. But they began to hear a noise in a certain part of the city, and it, it, was, it was noised abroad, and folk began to leave where they were in Jerusalem and come to the noise. What is going on? Amen. And uh, Peter began to tell them. He began to explain to them what was going on. He said, this is that. That was prophesied by the prophet Joel when God said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, ha, hallelujah, upon all flesh. It was a fulfillment of a prophecy spoken hundreds of years ago that had been fulfilled. It was starting. It was happening. And friend, it's still happening even today. And so when Peter began to preach about Jesus and he began to preach about sin. And as the preacher told us on Friday night, explain to us why Jesus came. That is to destroy the works of the devil and to deliver us from our sins, to redeem us back to God. He preached so inspirationally. He preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Until the Bible says in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2 that a question was asked. Now when they heard this, those that were listening to Peter were pricked in their heart. The Spirit of God convicted them of their sins because that's what the Holy Ghost does. Praise the Lord. It is more than the Spirit that comes to make you jump up and down and spin around. That's a good thing to feel happy. But the first thing it does is tell you about yourself. It pulls covers. It convicts you to the point that you don't feel so good about yourself, amen, but it doesn't stop without giving you hope for a change. 
Hallelujah. And so the question was raised, men and brethren, what must we do? Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Peter responded to that question. We read it earlier. But he told them the first thing they had to do was repent. Repentance is necessary if you're going to be right with God. Hallelujah. To repent means that you must apologize to God for your sins. You've got to acknowledge it. And there must be a change of mind. A regret in your heart for the sins that you have committed to the point that it results in a change of conduct. Hallelujah. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you're still sinning. You're still living in sin. You're still powerless over the things that typically bind people that don't have the power of God. Hallelujah. That's the problem today. So many people have been lied to from the pulpit and told that you're saved if you just say I accept the Lord in my heart. We don't see any of that in the Bible. The Bible never says that. The Bible says the first message that was preached when folk wanted to know what they needed to do to get saved, the first thing Peter said was repent. You can't continue in sin. Paul said that grace may abound. Oh no, oh no, oh no. You've got to quit you like Bible says, like men. You've got to stop that stuff that's not like God. Amen. And you ought to feel bad about it because, amen, the scripture says in Romans 2 and 4 that the goodness of God leadeth us to repent. When you start thinking about how good the Lord has been to you, even when you didn't know him like you know him now, even when you're in the midst of your sin, hallelujah, amen, you can look and see that the Lord was good to me. He could have cut me off at any time and been justified. But even when I was weighed down, somebody said I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the peaceful shore. I was very deeply stained within. I was going down for the third time. Sink it to rise no more. Somebody's been there. Somebody might be there right now. Songwriter said, but the master of the seas heard my despairing cry. Did you ever cry out? Lord, save me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, change me. Hallelujah. You heard my despairing cry from the waters, from death, from death and destruction. He lifted me. I'm safe now. How many are safe? <laughs> Hallelujah. How many are safe? Hallelujah. Repentance involves the head. Because you don't do nothing without orders from headquarters. When your mind changes, then your behavior is going to change. When your mind changes, then what you do is going to change. What you speak is going to change. And repentance also has to do with the heart. Because your feeling and your desires are going to change. Hallelujah. And you can't do this on your own. You need it to be done. But if you ask the Lord, he will help you. Yes, he will. Do I have a witness? Hallelujah. So when you turn, you turn from darkness. That's a type of sin. 
to light. When you turn, you turn from the power of Satan. That old stuff you were doing that wasn't like God. Smoking, drinking, carousing, having sex outside of marriage, gambling, lying, cheating, fornicator, adulterer, worldly in your concept and ideas and practices. Huh? Filthy mouth, filthy mind, filthy heart, filthy hands, filthy feet. And I'm not just talking about washing with soap. I mean they're given to sin. Given to things you know are wrong. But it seems like you're powerless to break it. You're still chasing a, a so-called man that's really nothing but a critter. He don't love you, but you want to believe he does. He don't treat you right. You're still chasing every skirt. Or these days it's not skirt, it's tight britches. You're chasing everyone. You're looking at everything you can. Your mind is messed up. Your eyes are messed up. Your hands are messed up. Hmm? Talking about folk, running them down, lying. That's an indication of a bad heart. Huh? I don't care if you. You got a bad heart. You need surgery. Huh? David said, create in me a clean heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> and renew the right spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah in me. Amen. You got to turn from the power of Satan unto God. When you do these things from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, then you can receive forgiveness of sins. That's a precious thing. When the Lord said, all right, it's done. Huh? It's paid for. You can't go to hell for this anymore. I've forgiven you. Have you ever offended somebody and you had to go back and ask them for forgiveness? And they say, all right, I forgive you. And they don't wash your face with it anymore. They don't bring it up anymore. It's like it never happened. That's a feeling of deliverance and joy. Amen. When you have really wanted forgiveness and you behave that way and somebody actually it forgives you. So the Bible says God will forgive your sins. Amen. And he'll give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. He'll transform you by his mighty power. Well, Peter goes on to say here in verse 38 that not only do you have to repent, but you have to be baptized. Every one of you. Do you see that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? Look in your Bible. So I'm make sure I'm not making this up. Look in your Bible. Does it say every one of you? That's talking to you. If you haven't been baptized, it's talking to you. Every one of you. I may bring this out a little bit later from a grammatical perspective, from a syntax perspective. I don't mean S-I-N-T-A-X. I'm talking grammar, S-Y-N-T. just occurred to me. Somebody might misunderstand. But from a syntactical perspective, you have to realize that Peter was talking to these people in the second person plural. Reprint every one of you. Be baptized, every one of you. There are no exceptions. Because a lot of people like to feel, well, my granddaddy was the pastor of uh, forever going to heaven church. And this is the way he taught us. I'm going to hold on to this. Listen, it don't make no difference what your granddaddy said if it don't line up with this Bible. Maybe that's all granddaddy knew, but I'm teaching you a little bit better today from the word of God. You got to let it go because you're going to stand before God for yourself and granddaddy ain't standing next to you. Hallelujah. 
You got to obey this word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so he said, be baptized every one of you. Didn't he say so? We are baptized according to what is read here for the remission of sins. That's how we receive forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. That's what that word remission means in its original language. And baptism is likened unto burial. Amen. If you repent from your sinful ways, then those old dead ways have got to be buried. We bury dead things, don't we? Hallelujah. Especially dead people. <laughs> we bury them because their bodies begin to decompose and it begins to smell anything that's a, a creature like us. Praise the Lord. And so your sins need to be buried. And the way your sins are buried, according to the scripture, is in the waters of baptism. Praise the Lord. Uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 6 and verse 4, you can turn over there quickly. The Bible says that Paul said, and we are buried with him. Buried with him. Where's this sprinkling? Where's this pouring? We are buried with him. The Greek word for baptism is baptizo. It means to be submerged. I know there's folk out there sprinkling but they're not obeying the word. I know there's folks out there pouring water on the little heads of people and telling them to baptize, but that's not according to the scripture. And we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also, am I getting this right? We also should walk, rise to walk in the newness of life. When you have had that old sin buried. And when you come up out of that water, you want to come up living a new life. Huh? If you've ever gone to the cemetery and, and, and seen the person lowered down into the ground and the dirt thrown on there, you don't expect to see them anymore, do you? Now, I know our minds can play, you know, tricks on us. And my, my son came to me last night. Listen, that's your mind. Huh? My mama visited me last, and, and, and she did embarrass. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No. According to the scripture, she did not. Because once you leave here, you cannot come back here. Amen. It might sound good. Huh? Has anybody in here ever imagined something to find out that wasn't, that wasn't real? How many of you drive? You ever ride down the road and thought you saw something and it was nothing? You kind of thank God it wasn't anything. But I've driven down the road and thought I saw a person on the side. It wasn't no angel. It was nothing. It was my imagination. Thank God. Hallelujah. Our minds are powerful. They can even bring folk back from the dead. How many of you dream about dead folk? I dream about folk who've been dead so long. Huh? I'm talking with them or listening to them, but I know they're dead, and I know it was a dream. I know they didn't come back to tell me nothing. Everything I need to know I learned from the only person that came back from the dead, that's Jesus Christ and his word. I know a lot of dead folk and dream about them from time to time, but I know they are not here, and they were not sent to give me a message. I'm sent to give you a message and you don't want to hear me. 
I'm too live for you. But some of y'all get caught up in these old wise fables and crazy ideas from the past, and you're supposed to be saved, and you still believe in lies. Ain't nobody from the dead came back to talk to you. But you do have living men that stand right here and preach and teach to you the word of God. Praise the Lord. Somebody ought to say amen. You get through fooling around with them dead folk in your imagination, you can't even go back to sleep. Worrying about somebody long gone. Praise the Lord. That's the way our sins ought to be. Buried. That's why you go up there and get in that water. So that old life and some of the things, and that's not everything, but some of the things I just mentioned, that old stuff can stay in that grave, in that liquid grave. So when you get up out of there, you're no longer guilty of those things anymore. So saith the Lord. Doesn't make a difference what people say. Amen. We are buried with him by baptism and the death. Hallelujah. That old life is gone. That old behavior, all that stuff that we were guilty of, the Lord takes it away, doesn't he? Huh? Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Yes, the name is important. When we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ Jesus. Amen. And the only way we can be baptized into Christ Jesus is whoever is baptizing us has to call the name of the Lord. The name of God. God is not a name. But Lord Jesus Christ is God's name. So when you are baptized, you have to be, have somebody who knows what they're doing. First of all, they ought to have been baptized right. Amen. And truly been born again. Amen. You ever follow a guide? You want a guide who knows where they're going. If you don't know where you're going, don't you? Amen. How many of you have GPS? Amen. They're getting better, aren't they? But some of the older versions were kind of messed up. Huh? I, I, I had a GPS system in one of our automobiles, and we wanted to go a place that we have gone to several times, so I put it in the address in the automobile rather than my phone thing took me and mother get us to a swamp. I said, what are we supposed to do? Get out and swim or wade across to get to the place? Huh? Taking me down roads. I'm saying, what are we doing going down here? I'm thinking, you know, you're just listening to the thing. So you figure, well, you know, maybe this knows a new way. It was lost. It was wrong. Do you not know that was like five years ago? I ain't never used it again. I don't want to be lost. I want to know where I'm going. So I decided the one on my phone was better. It was truer. The other thing was some old disc they put in there. This thing is bouncing off the satellite. I'll go with that one. Things up are good. Things down are dangerous. Hallelujah. Some folk are following a blind guide of a preacher that ain't a bit more saved than my daddy's dog. He's still puffing on cigarettes. He's still chasing the women, and some are chasing the men, too. He is a liar. He's a cheater. But he looks good, and he sounds good. And so he fills the place up. He don't know palms from psalms. Huh? Just as backward and, and ungodly and, and carnal as the day is long. Huh? And that's what they're following. Huh? If he's not saved, you're not going to be saved. You need to be somebody that can help you to be saved. 
somebody is saved and can help you to be saved. Is that all right? Let the church say amen. And so the name of God is very important. A lot of people are confused. They're baptizing and they're using this saying, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, that's in the Bible, Acts chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew, I'm sorry, thank you. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. You're listening. That's good. Amen. Listen to everything I say. Check it out in the Word. Make sure what I'm saying is right. I'm not afraid. Check it out in the Word. Is the Word right? Then check it out in the Word. See if it be so. If you find it there, you better do it. Praise the Lord. There's no excuse. Matthew 28, 9, 17, Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He said, in the name, not in the names. And anybody that knows any little bit of thing about uh, language knows that Father is a noun, Son is a noun. I'm talking about the parts of speech now. Holy Ghost is a noun. They are not proper nouns. You understand? A name is a proper noun. There's a grammatical difference. And what's amazing to me is some people are well educated, but this thing is just, they're still preaching this. This old Catholic doctrine from the third and fourth century, they're still preaching this. Even though clearly what I just quoted to you is in their Bible too. Baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So you would think that the question that somebody would ask if they're really thinking is, what is the name of the Father? And of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. First of all, it didn't say names, it said name. So there must be just one name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have a last name? Is that right? That's the family name, isn't that right? Now you might have a first name, hopefully, and you have a middle name, some, pipe, some people do. But it's that last name that brings you into the family. Is that right? Praise God. And God has a name. Amen. And we have to take his name on if we want to be a part of his family. So if you get baptized in his titles, you didn't take on him and his name. Huh? When the man and the woman stand before the preacher to get married in proper ceremonies, not this newfangled foolishness, but in proper ceremonies, the woman is asked to take on the man's name. Not his first name, but his last name. That's a different relationship that brings her into the family. Let the church say amen. amen. And in most cultures, she drops the maiden name. I know folks are hyphenating it and all that kind of stuff now, but amen. She takes on that name, the last name, the family name of her husband. That's why you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said, I believe in chapter 3 of the book of Galatians, amen, that we are baptized into Christ. Does the scripture say so? And when, you, when his name is called, that means you take him on. Huh? You are in him now. If you baptize, Paul said, I'm glad that I didn't baptize. I didn't do a whole lot of baptizing. Because if I had somebody, all these liars out here that lie on me, they'd have said, I baptize in my own name. Do you remember him writing that? In the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. So he said, no, I didn't baptize in my own name. Nobody was ever baptized in the name of Paul of Tarsus. 
Everybody that was baptized under this ministry says was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name Jesus Christ. Amen. And so to be baptized in the phrase Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you still haven't had the name. You don't have the name. You know some things about God, but you don't have his name. you got to take his name. Hallelujah. The church's style is the bride of Christ. So the church has got to take on his name. The only way you can take on his name is you've got to be baptized in his name. Hallelujah. Peter said, amen, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to get that name. I don't care how many people are baptized the other way. The Bible's still right. Amen. Hallelujah to God. And you know, there's folks that look at it, and you know, people, when they don't want to obey the word, they find all kind of excuses, no matter how clear it is. They will find all kind of, they start getting smart. They don't think about nothing else. They'll take dope and don't know where it came from. Won't ask no questions, but and don't know where it came from. They'll get on these drugs because they don't, they don't want to feel no pain and get hooked to those. Go to the pharmacy to get pills, and the pharmacy, the pharmacy gives, pharmacist gives you the medicine. How many of you in here are pharmacists? Maybe there's a few pharmacists. Nobody is pharmacist? So we must be exercising a whole lot of faith when they give us that pill in them bottles, and we take that pill and put it in our mouth. Do you know the pharmacist is a, a regular person that makes mistakes? I've known people who have gotten something from the pharmacy and it was the wrong medicine. The wrong medicine. But we take it and grin like this pill is going to be magic. Huh? And, and, and it could be the wrong thing in that bottle. But we have more faith, some of us, in the pharmacist than we have in Jesus Christ. I'm giving you a prescription right here. You going to do something with it? You going to take this? You going to repent? You going to be baptized today? You going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? This is the medicine. This is the prescription. If you take it, it'll do you good. It'll do you good. Hallelujah. It's a healing medicine. Hallelujah. It's a saving medicine. This will save your life. Amen. Y'all stick with me. Praise the Lord. Keep those fans going. Turn this front one on because they're sleeping because I'm not jumping up and down and running. Man. Amen. I just, I'm just making sense. <laughs> okay. You still with me? Look at me. Look at me. Rebuke your eyes. <laughs> your eyes are trying to get heavy. Hallelujah. I know that. That's why I wake you up every once in a while because what we're saying is right. It's from the word of God. This is truth, amen, that is not subjective. It's objective truth from the word of God. Amen. And so the Bible makes it very clear to us here, amen, that we have to be baptized in the name of God. And, you know, as I said, some people, you know, they get funny, you know, well, it says name of Jesus Christ. What does that mean, of Jesus? What is that, what's that preposition there? And it just shows some more of their ignorance. Huh? If you were to look at the literal translation uh, of, uh, of uh, Acts chapter 2, amen, you, you'll find that the literal translation says this. 
Uh, want to understand a little bit about Greek. It's a very inflective language. Don't worry about it if you don't understand what I mean. It's just some, sometimes the words can seem to be out of order, but in a language that's powerful like that, it doesn't have the limitations sometimes that English has. So sometimes once you understand the system, then even though the words may not seem to be in the same order because of the syntactical rules, amen, then you can see that this, yeah, this is right. And so what I mean is when you read the literal uh, Greek, it says, Peter then said to them. In English, he said, then Peter said unto them, right? But this says, Peter then said to them. And by the way, them, again, was second person plural. Amen. To all of them. In the South, they say, to y'all. Huh? Repent and be baptized. That's a verb, be baptized. Every one of you, again, second person plural, in the name Jesus Christ. And the original in the Greek, you won't see of there, the preposition of, because the name uh, is in the dative. Amen. Let's give you a little homework. It's in the dative. And one of the properties of the dative is it can be used to show possession. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So in the name, Jesus Christ is literally what the Greek says. Not the name of Jesus Christ. We put the of in there in English because that shows us possession. That's the way we show the possession. That's the way we show ownership. But in the Greek, they didn't need the of. Because one of the forms of the dative was to show possession. In the name, Jesus Christ. All right, so for those that want to be smart, Alex, the of is gone. You got to do this. <laughs> you got to do this. The Bible says we've got to do this. In the name, Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Amen. And then what's going to happen? You're going to get a gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let the church say amen. amen. Holy Ghost is God's promised gift to you. Amen. Sometime in the Gospels and even later on here in the book of Acts, it's just called the promise. Mm -hmm. Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus Christ that comes to live in you. He doesn't live in you as a physical man in the way he appeared for a while on the face of the earth, but he does come into our hearts by his spirit. He literally takes up residence inside your body. You got a spirit right now, your, your own personal spirit that's in you. You're not just all flesh and bones and some blood. What animates the flesh and the bones and the blood is the spirit. It's the life. Huh? Praise the Lord. And when you, when you receive this gift that the Lord has for you, amen, the gift of the Holy Ghost, that means God Almighty, who is Jesus Christ, is going to come and live in your body. Hallelujah. Then there's going to be two spirits in there. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit. And how many know that have received the Holy Ghost that sometimes there's a war going on inside their body? 
How many know that there's a struggle going on inside the body? Amen. Before you receive the Holy Ghost, you just went and did what you wanted to do. Amen. You just act like that old nasty spirit in you. Amen. Drew drove you to do. But now with the Holy Ghost. Woo! The Holy Ghost is fighting against that old fleshly spirit in nature. And that fleshly spirit is fighting against the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to win. One of those spirits is going to win. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the one that's going to win is the one that you yield to. The one that you feed. The one that you nurture. Praise the Lord our God. And so if you yield to the gift of the Holy Ghost that is in you. If you feed it the word of God. If you weaken that old man by fasting sometime. Praise the Lord our God. The Holy Ghost is going to make you a victor. You can't have the victory by yourself, but the Holy Ghost will be, somebody used to say, the winner man. Hallelujah. And the converse is true. If you claim to have the Holy Ghost, but you're always looking at stuff you ought not look at and engaging in conversations you ought not engage in and thinking things you ought not be entertaining and hanging around places you ought not be and fooling around with people you ought not fool around with then the Holy Ghost is not going to force you. It guides us. The Bible says in the Gospel of John, into all truth and righteousness. It doesn't put a lasso around your neck and make you go. That's why if you don't obey it, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. That's why I stand on what I stand on, demand you do right, because you can because you got the power to do right when you receive the Holy Ghost. Anything less than what it ought to be is unacceptable to God. Because he's given you power. If you look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible said that Jesus said to his disciples, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall have power. You got power over that mouth. You got power over them eyes. You got power over them hands. You got power over those thoughts. You got power over your feet and where you go. You got a gift. Woo! You got a gift. Holy Ghost power. Anybody receive that gift? Why don't you raise your hand and thank the Lord for it? You're a pretty sad and pitiful individual if somebody give you a gift and you don't praise them for it. Peter said, this is an unspeakable gift. We talk about it, but we can hardly describe how we really feel on the inside about it. It's an unspeakable gift. He said, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Amen. And so what the Bible tells us to do, if we have the Holy Ghost, we have the ability to do that because the Lord gives us his power. This is the same kind of power that stood in the middle of nowhere in a vacuum with darkness everywhere and said, let there be light. He didn't say, let there be sun. He didn't say, let there be moons. He didn't say, let there be stars. He said, let there be light. It wasn't four, until four days later until there was a sun, moon, and star. Amen. But on the first day, the first thing he said was, let there be light, and that light is God. Hallelujah. And it shined the first four days. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. What a gift. What a gift. Now, inside the Holy Ghost is eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. We already got life. 
But in the Holy Ghost, when you open up that box, uh-huh. mm, when you pull those ribbons, if you wrap these, my wife does a beautiful job of, of wrapping gifts. People know when they got a gift from her. Some folks just slap it in a bag and give it to you. But she takes time. And she wraps it in pretty paper and puts ribbon on it and bowls. I'll just give it to you. But she, she, she dresses it up. You almost don't want to open it because it looks so good. You say, I, don't, I hate to mess this up. But there's something inside all of that pretty stuff. For you. For you. For you. You get a gift. Somebody said, this is for you. That makes you feel good, huh? It makes it personal, doesn't it? And so you open up that box, you unloose the, amen, and Jesus got a pretty box. He's a pretty box. He's a pretty box. Hallelujah. And you begin to open him up and look inside. Ooh, there's so much in there. You don't know where to start. But I say the first thing you want to do is take out the eternal life. There's eternal life in there. Hallelujah. Now you get that on the inside when you receive the Holy Ghost and that means you're going to live forever with the Lord. That just changed your status from sinner to saint. From somebody who's only going to be alive in this world from some, to somebody who's going to be alive with the Lord forever. You want to get that. People think it's in a bottle now. People think it's in a shampoo. People think it's in a little surgery to tighten up this or get rid of that, huh? You're still going to die. You're still going to die. I don't care how much hair they put on a bald head. You're still going to die. Huh? I don't care how much gray they get out you and make your hair look black or yellow or brown, whatever you want. It. You're still going to die. And you know what? After you die and you ain't got that rinse, you're going to show your true self. It won't be long. Amen. Praise the Lord. People want to take, cut a little off here, add a little there. And all that is going back to the dust. All that be left is that fake stuff they put in you. Amen. And even that after a while will disintegrate to some degree. Praise the Lord. But what you want is eternal life. Praise God. So that whenever you leave this life, amen, you're with the Lord forever. You have hope of eternal life right now. Without this element in the box, you don't have eternal life. You're not going to be with the Lord forever. That's the first thing you want to do because we don't know when we're going to die. You know, physical death. But you want to get eternal life. Get that out the box. You can't give it to yourself but Jesus can give it to you. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord our God. Amen. You, you get that eternal life in you. In that box. Praise God. Amen. Somebody said, well, how, 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 how Jesus, how, how do you give that to me? How do you, well, God is life. Amen. But see, Jesus obtained this for us. When he went to that cross and suffered, bled, and died, amen, it was for us. It wasn't because he sinned, we sinned. And some are continuing to sin. Huh? We sinned. So he took our place and he died for you. You need to make this personal. Some of y'all need to just touch touch yourself in your chest and say, he died for me. Because that's the level you have to realize it at. 
I know he died for the whole world, but it got, it got personal because he died for you. Hallelujah, as an individual. Amen. If you had died for you, you'd have been lost because you didn't have eternal life. But he has eternal life, so he, he died for you. He, was die, he died as a human being and he was buried. Yes, he was. He wasn't swooning. He wasn't in a coma. He said it is finished. And he hung his head in the locks of his shoulder and the Bible said he gave up the ghost. Huh? But on the third day morning, he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. He came back to life with a celestial body. Praise the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he did what he had to do in the heavenlies so that he could give us eternal life. How many thank God for the Holy Ghost that gives eternal life? I wonder, have you received your gift? <laughs> Amen. There's a gift waiting for you. You know, I thought earlier I should come out here and just put a bunch of gifts on the table like Elder Black or something to demonstrate it. Because I know if I said, if I put a bunch of gifts on the table up here and I told y'all, come get your gift, some of y'all, some of y'all that can't half walk, y'all have been coming out. I wonder what the pastor got for me. I know, you know he ain't going to give you nothing bad. You've been running up there to get it. Huh? Holy Ghost can't be seen. He told Shandara with the eye. But it can be felt in the soul. It is the gift of God. Hmm? Eternal life. How many glad about eternal life? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody give you a gift. You've got to receive the gift. Hallelujah. And you've got to open it up and take what's inside out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord has given us a gift and the way we access it is by faith. By believing and doing. That's why the Bible said that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You tell some people to call on Jesus, 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 clenched teeth, huh? You need to call him like you believe what the word says. You need to call him like you're a drowning person. Hallelujah. I mean, when you call him from down in here, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. They praise God, amen. That shows you really want this. You believe this. You're not trying to be cute. You're not trying to be pretty. You don't care who's looking at you. You don't care what you sound like. You holler, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Ivy, when you do it like you ought to do it, praise God. You don't have to say Jesus a whole, whole many times. How long did it take to get in the box? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to God. So you call on that name and full faith and confidence that the Lord is going to. You know, they got something new now if you want to buy a car. They got this whole car stacked up in, in, in a glass tower. And there's all kind of cars there. You look at them and you swoon. If you want one, you got to get a coin. Amen. They give you a special coin, not a quarter. Special coin. And you go and you put that coin in it, and that conveyor brings that car down to you. And you got the keys, and then you jump in there and you ride it. They'll let you ride it for a month to see if you like it or not. 
Huh? But see, you can't get that car without the coin. In, in this scenario, the coin is faith. The Holy Ghost is for you. Jesus died so you could have eternal life. Praise the Lord. But you access this by faith, by believing and then doing. You got to believe what Jesus said and then you've got to do what he said. And here comes the Holy Ghost. It's a gift, Deke. The Holy Ghost doesn't come because you merit it. But when you repent and you're baptized, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I want the gift. I want to receive the gift. Praise the Lord. I know I'm not worthy of it, but I need it. Hallelujah. Some gifts you get are kind of superficial. They just make you look a little better. Some gifts you get, you need. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If it's snowing outside and you don't have no boots, amen, when you open up a boot box, you're glad to see them boots because you need them boots. Hallelujah. We were all born in trespasses and sin, doomed to die and go to hell. But Jesus sent us a gift. Woo! He said, I'm going to give you something that's going to get you out of the grave. I don't care if you've been dead a day or a hundred years. When the trump of God shall sound, I'm bringing you up. I'm bringing you up, and I'm going to take you with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody right now ought to thank God for eternal life, especially if it seemed like this natural one is beginning to kind of fade and run out. Amen. Hallelujah. The older you get, the more you ought to thank God for eternal life. You know your body's going back to the dust. But Jesus promised and Jesus gave you a gift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you know... You get that Holy Ghost, there's so much in it. Huh? Hey, you look in that box, there's so much. You know, sometimes you get a gift now, and some people are really clever. They give you a big box. And then when you open that box, there's a little bit of a smaller one in it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And then there's another size in there. And every box got a gift. And you keep opening it. In this Holy Ghost, brother, is everything you need. You open a big box and it's eternal life. Then you open this next box and there's love. Then you open the next box and there's joy. You open the next box and there's peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You start feeling kind of bad. You feel kind of crippled. You feel kind of hurt. Amen. You go to that box and say, I wonder what's in there. You open that box and you find some healing in the box. See, when you were feeling well, you didn't even look in there. Hallelujah. But rather than hobbling around all the time and moaning and groaning and complaining, why don't you see if you got a gift? Woo! Glory to God. Maybe Jesus sent you something. Hallelujah. Maybe he's got something for you. Praise the Lord our God. Go back to that box. Open up that box and find some healing. (laughs) 
when this Holy Ghost come on you, woo, I'm here to tell you. It makes you feel younger than you feel. You don't know what I'm talking about because you're young. But it makes you feel younger than you are. Praise. At least for a little while. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, huh? And sometimes the Lord is so good. He said, well, you know, you've been talking to me about this affliction. You can't hardly raise this hand. Go look in your box. You got to go with your left hand and look in the box. You find that there's some healing for the right arm in the box. Huh? Ye coma. Glory, hallelujah. You got to believe this. You got to believe this. For with his stripes, we are healed. Glory to God. And so you reach in that left hand, you take that healing out, praise God. And God is a healing bomb. Jeremiah said, it is near a bomb in Gilead. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And sometimes the box is just to come on in the prayer line. Hallelujah. And then the minister will take out that oil, which is a type of the spirit. It's not the spirit. It just represents the spirit. And he'll anoint you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he prayed, because you came with faith, you believe. I don't care what it is. It could be an ache. It could be a pain. It could be an allergy. Praise God. It could be a terminal illness. It doesn't make a difference what it is. Because Jesus Christ is creator. Amen. Hallelujah. He made you and he knows all about you. There's not a cell that he didn't make. They praise the Lord our God. He knows every intricate detail of your systems and your being. All he's got to do is touch you. All he's got to do is speak a word. And that which wasn't can be made. I've heard of people amen limping because one leg was shorter than the other. And the preacher prayed for them. And because they had faith to believe right before their eyes the leg began to limp stretch out and grow right before their eyes somebody said where well, it happened right in our church up in Worcester praise the Lord our God and a person that was limping can walk without a limp because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or you think according to the power that works in you bring your pain bring your pain bring your pain bring your pain bring your trouble amen and see if you got a gift hallelujah hallelujah the brother said the other night, stop worshiping your troubles. Stop crying and boo-hooing. Hallelujah. For the joy of the Lord. Is that Bible? The joy of the The Bible said with joy. You can't draw any waters from the well of salvation until you get some joy. Some of you got joy, it's in the box, but you refuse to take it out. You gotta go in that box and get that gift out. Get that joy out. How 
hallelujah and begin to express your gratitude unto the Lord and lift your old rusty hands stop having them down by your side like you're a bird stretch your wings out hallelujah and say Lord I praise you Lord I thank you Lord I glorify you hallelujah hallelujah I say the more you praise him the more he'll bless you the more you glorify him the greater the gift if you give him the praise if you bless him didn't David say I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually shall continually shall continually in the good time in the bad times in the up time in the down time in the dry time in the wet time his praise shall continually be in my mouth not a complaint but his praise not belly aching but his praise shall continually be in my mouth it seemed like some of us get more joy out of saying I'm hurt I'm sick or whatever it is we act like we're scared to say I'm healed I'm healed. Starts in the mind. I'm healed. I'm healed. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. All them notes are good, but remember what I say. I'm healed. How many know the Lord is able? Do you know he's able? I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the MRI said. It, brother Brown I know you're feeling pain I know the CAT scan and the MRI might say there's trouble there's a problem here but somebody said let Jesus fix it for you he knows just what to do and whenever you pray let him have let him have his way no matter what the problem is Jesus 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 can fix it he died to fix it Stop complaining. Stop condemning yourself. Stop dragging yourself down and say, I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm free. I'm helped. Every 
every pain. Some of y'all here, you give yourself cancer. You give yourself a tumor. Huh? You give yourself a bad diagnosis. Huh? Because you speak it with your mouth rather than believe in your heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is that Bible? Is that Bible? If that's Bible, that's right. If you're a believer, you can't just believe in your head. You got to believe in your heart. You got to believe in your heart. With a heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made to what the heart believes. If you believe you're going to die, die. But David didn't choose to believe. He said, I shall not die. I don't care what the doctor said. Hallelujah. I shall not die. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Do you feel like living? Do you feel like living? Do you feel like living? I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm going to tell somebody that Jesus lifted me. He healed me. He helped me. He saved me. He delivered me. He restored me. He anointed me. And the Lord is saying, there's a gift in the box. I looked in the box already. I didn't see anything like that for that. I don't know what that woman saw in the box, in the barrel, with the meal, or the cruise oil. Maybe every day she went in there, it looked like the last scoop of meal. Maybe when she poured that vessel that had the oil in it, it drip, 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 drip. But she went back the next day. She went back the next day. And she didn't go back. To, I don't know why I'm going. Ain't no flour in there. Ain't no oil in there. She just obeyed the man of God. She went back to the container that had the flour in it. She didn't know where it came from. She didn't care where it came from. She was hungry. Are you hungry for your deliverance? Are you thirsty for your refreshing? She pulled the lid off of that thing and there was flour in there. She picked that cruise up and she poured and there was oil in there. If you gave that woman some flour and some oil, she knew what to do. Hallelujah. How many of you know what to do with what God has given you? Huh? Y'all looking at me like, you ought to praise the Lord. Didn't the Bible tell us to praise him for, huh? His excellent greatness. 
Have you witnessed the excellent greatness of God in your life? You ought to know what to do when you see what the Lord has done for you. One old hymn writer said, I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood washed away every stain. Hallelujah. Are you clean? Are you clean? It's not because you clean yourself. It's because that gift of righteousness and cleansing was in the box. Hallelujah. Did you receive your gift? When they put, when, 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 when Elder McKinney got his brown suit on and he take the box and put it on the porch in front of the door, only way the people at that address can get it is they've got to open the door and come outside and stoop down and pick the box up take it inside get yourself a knife or scissor and open it up and go on in it hallelujah we get more excited about UPS and FedEx than we get excited about Jesus excited about the promise excited about deliverance you ain't never gonna be able to testify about what is done for you until he's done something for you go through go through go through go through hallelujah and when you get your gift when you get your deliverance come on back and say I get joy when I think about what the Lord I said what the Lord yeah has done for me I get happy when I think about what the Lord has done for me. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout glory. Did you receive your gift? If you got it, open it up. Don't put it on the dining room table. Don't leave it on the kitchen table. Don't leave it on the countertop. Open it up. Open it up and see what's inside for the Lord is the giver of every good and perfect gift. It comes from him. So you glorify him. How many of you are glad for the Holy Ghost? It's a gift. Hallelujah. But the Lord didn't stop there, did he? He's given you many other things since that time. That's why we ought to glorify him and bless and praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just say one other thing. And and I'm going to stop. You know, let's go back and use Elder McKinney again. 
Because everybody's ordering stuff online now, right? Some things you order, hey, man, you're really looking forward to getting it, aren't you? Man, some of us got tracking numbers. We get on and track it. We're just so excited about it. It's supposed to be here on Thursday. We looking on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We looking. Huh? Then we want to know as it gets closer to the time, to, to the day, we want them to predict the time. We're excited about it. Because we believe that Elder McKinney sent it or going to bring it. <laughs> we believe that. We believe that. Praise the Lord. And so we go on by the door looking at the window. Did it come yet? Did it come yet? Why don't you get that way about the things of God? The things of the Lord. Those of you that want the Holy Ghost, you ought to be expecting. The Lord's going to give me something. Those of you that want anything else from the Lord, you ought to be looking and expecting. Amen. Now, if you wanted to come faster...